This is Movies, a podcast by the Active Cinema. And with me today is me. Welcome to Mustache Party, the new show, a new name for... I fucked it up already. Jesus Christ. New name for movies. We're uh, going to talk about uh, what it's like to have a mustache and uh, mustache-like things. And uh, I was saying right before the show, you look like an undocumented immigrant now. Yeah, with that I mustache. Forgot, to unbutton, forgot to unbutton the lower. Yeah, one. only Latinos collar all the way up, yeah. uh, button all the way up. But I guess that's the look these days. And somebody who knows a thing or two about the hottest fashion styles is my good pal Spencer here on the show. Spencer, how are you doing tonight? You're going to have to unmute yourself. I didn't even mute anything. I don't know how to do it. I uh, muted I'm doing you. great. <laughs> I'm just a, a Zoom chud. Uh, but thank you for having me. I don't know why you're acting like we haven't done like seven shows on Zoom before. <laughs> I know, and I, I just lose it every time. Oh, wow. Forget it immediately. I guess so. We're going to be talking about horror tonight, but I, I would like to just go over some VHS selections I've gotten from the past couple of days. I have a nice little stack. Oh, hi, Jamar. <laughs> Jamar's our special <laughs> guest tonight on the show. Jamar's uh, one of the yeah. mall men in Superman. And the mole man. I don't know if you can. Jamar's your VHS guy. <laughs> yes, seen... Jamar the VHS guy. That's I have right. Never he seen... runs the video store I go to. I've never seen non-white progeria people. I didn't know that existed. This is like when you discover your first black midget. Well, you can't assume his race. What is no, Jamar's he's, he's background? The... It says J- he's Dominican. Jamar Domin- be white with a great tan. <laughs> he's Dominican. He just burnt. He's Dominican. <laughs> That's he loves a Dominican. Spider-Man. Yeah, he loves Spider-Man and Paw Patrol. He's probably gnarly at baseball. His well, favorite... Dominicans do love Marvel, from what I've seen in New York City. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it says his dream in life is to be a race car driver. He better hurry up because... Uh... <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> I hope you feel good about yourself already. picking on a progeria <laughs> infant. Um, wow, okay. All right, what a start to the show. I just want to talk about some videotapes here. We're making fun of severely disabled people with short lifespans. Uh, you know what that reminds me of is Rashomon, the Japanese Akira Kurosawa film. I found this at the uh, the thrift store, and it was some man uh, named Yoshi. He, he left a bag of Japanese goods, and I got that in a CD. Hey, we've got the cook, the thief. His Wife and Her Lover, the Peter Greenaway film. Wonderful. And then finally, topping it all off, we have Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Wonderful. So. It's a lovely animation. It is some, it, I love the animation of Ralph Bakshi yeah. and how he just goes over live-action people wrestling, yeah, fighting, kissing, you know. You ever seen uh, Fire and Ice? That's another one of those. I haven't. I'm I'm not super well versed on Bakshi. I know Lord of the Rings, I know Fritz the Cat, I know Coonskin. Cool World. Cool those World. Three. Fire and Ice was the Frazetta one where they basically just rotoscoped over in Frazetta's style and it's a bit light on story, but it's cool as hell for the time. With yeah, just he's... muscular man and voluptuous woman fighting with swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like titties out everywhere and <laughs> fucking jack dudes beating the hell out of each other he's got such a cool distinct style Bakshi. i thought he was long dead but no he, he keeps putting up facebook posts of like new drawings he's doing and mm. trying to sell them on ebay for hundreds of dollars i don't know if they sell but i think he was like trying to start a studio for a while i don't know if that ever like went through it's like sort of gonna be like a school and production studio at the same time but uh it's 84 I think Don Bluth did that, too. Don Bluth, I remember, had a couple of Kickstarter projects that I don't think ever came to fruition. Like, there was a, what was it, Pete's Dragon or some some movie like that he yeah. did. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. Those kinds of guys can't get funding. I believe it. I mean, everything, so, he, I mean, here's the real problem, I think with all this AI shit that's come about in like four months time, everyone's just got access to like the most sophisticated AI imaginable. And it's in every single forum. Uh, I've been using AI for things. I'm kind of like, wow, this is a blessing for some parts of Mass State Lottery. I had to totally dismiss because of bad audio um, because we're shooting in storms. And then this AI feature comes along that cleans it up. And it's remarkable. And I'm like, oh, wow, we can use takes we never could have used otherwise. And these were the best takes, but due to whatever conditions we were shooting in, 
couldn't use them. Now we can use them. It's crazy stuff. Uh, I've been messing also with chat GPI, I think it's called, which is very interesting as well. Um, that's going to uh, really fuck up school, I think, for a lot of people. Because um, <laughs> now you can just have your essay written through that and then touch it up and send mm -hmm. it in. I'm sure they'll figure out a way around that. I don't know. Um, yeah, and now uh, there, there's some other cool AI techniques as well that uh, you know, have have started to grasp the attention of the the mainstream. Hans, have you taken a look at any of this? No, I um, I I think I I was on that chat GP. What is it? GPT? I think it's or GPI. Something? Yeah, for a couple of minutes, but GPT, I, I haven't really. I don't know. Uh, and uh, I did have access to what was Mind something. Uh, the one that you sent me, or the one that I sent you, actually. Oh, mid journey. Mid journey. Oh yeah, yeah. mid journey. Uh, that was yeah, it was fun. But then I stopped. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything interesting to to do with it, so I just <laughs> you know stopped messing around with it. But it's uh, it's really creepy. I think, uh, it's uh, it's definitely upsetting a lot of artists, which is what I've seen on on uh the social media. A lot of people just very anti those things because I guess it renders them kind of obsolete how do you feel spencer as an artist about... uh, i think it's yeah. I'm, I'm in a weird territory where i think it's like it's definitely a little bit scary it's a little bit fascinating uh i kind of don't give a shit i think it's just it's another cool tool like this is people had the same reaction when like uh ipads got really popular and comic books and stuff like that and everybody started doing stuff digitally whether it was on was it Wacom, Cintiqs, or the like iPad and Procreate and stuff like that? Um, it's it's just like another uh, another weapon in your arsenal. Uh, you're gonna need to learn to use it. I don't foresee it going away anytime soon. Mm. Uh, the chat stuff I think is crazy. Like uh, that'll probably get even weirder as it goes because there's already it's showing a lot of bias and everything, which an AI isn't supposed to do. So there's clearly someone on the back end. Uh, sort of rigging certain responses for that stuff and that'll kind of topple it in the end but the the art stuff i think is really cool honestly and if you can learn to use it as more as like a an iterative an iterative uh thing to like come up with ideas and stuff and not necessarily be your your end point idea is using that ai art but just to to generate a bunch of different ideas really quickly on a day where you're having trouble coming up with things especially as an artist like if you're you're having a hard time coming up with something cool to draw you can you can come up with a few quick prompts punch them into an ai and it's going to spit out a gumbo of a bunch of already existing artists which is where it treads into fucked up territory uh and it, like it's weird fucked up territory because i'm kind of in this weird boat where i'm like pirate everything like let it all open like it's it's to the point where we're we're oversaturated with ideas and i don't think anything is ever going to be wholly original again so kind of I enjoy that gumbo and uh, like that's why manga is fucking dominating comics right now is they're using all of that just pulling from everywhere. And that's just people are scared because AI can do it now and it's not just, you know, uh, manga artists, and guys like Tarantino and stuff that have been sampling from shit for so long uh, just with their own effort and uh, time. But uh, now you can have a robot do it in a couple of seconds. Like Mid Journey can spit out like four prompts in like maybe 10 to 30 seconds, and you have a couple ideas, and then you go, Oh, okay, I'm gonna go paint this thing in my style now and try and make it work. Yeah, and Mid Journey, I think, has really developed in a surprisingly intelligent way in a short span of time. Uh, the Mid Journey that was available to everybody about five or six months ago, which Hans, you and I, and Jerry were messing around with is much different and inferior to the mid-journey that is active now, which spit out like a perfect version of you. Do you want to go to the Mass State Lottery Instagram page real quick and just yeah, pull this like up? It's up to V3 or V4 at this point, I think. Now. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it's much more accurate, but it also added like 30 pounds of weight to, to me. Someone <laughs> said I look like Walter Matthau in, in the version of... Uh, you with the Spencer filter of the the art that posted there um and also we have one of nick joroff in the movie that i can't show because it's a little spoilery and that one was also accurate so that 
that looks like you know if you had like an extra chromosome yeah. ons you know the eyes a little off like yeah. <laughs> but it's close it's very close compared to and maybe you can scroll <laughs> uh down in the feed to where we were at only months ago because there is an earlier version of me doing ai with it um keep going down it was it was before all that there you go so this is a little more stylized of course uh you look like you're about 60 years old i look like a a polish jew so this (laughs) is this is kind of where things were at back then here's me as a cool mediterranean This is me with a. That's you. Uh, That's the most accurate odds. Really. Twenty years of alcoholism. That's and, uh, you putting a microwave. Um, yeah. Literally yeah. changed the structure of your orbital bones. So it has come a long way. You upload photos directly. I mean, even take a look at the other one where I posted like a collage of different characters done uh, through it. No, you went past it. Uh, it's oh. right in the middle, right beneath it, directly beneath it. Yes. You're kind of close, but now you look real down syndrome. Yeah, uh, I, I have very, no chin or jawline at all. Shark eyed. Uh, buddy's basically buddy. <laughs> Vampire um, buddy. I yeah, I, I look like I'm from like the from like the Netherlands or something. Like very like weird <laughs> European. You guys yeah. all have a weird foreign sadness to you. Truly, it's very European. It's very like if yeah. this was made for Denmark or something, Norway. I like uh I like an AI that doesn't know how to make happy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm curious to see where everything goes. Now my my feeling on it is that our eyes and our level of detection is going to improve the more that we see this. So when Terminator two came out in nineteen ninety two or ninety one, whenever that happened, um, when you saw the T-1000 and you saw all that CG, you were like, whoa, this is so realistic. This is crazy. And then, you know, you tune into it now. It doesn't look so good. You know, it doesn't look as realistic as it did back then. I think our brains will update to be able to decipher what is AI written, what is AI drawn I think that's already kind of happened with the mid-journey thing because you'll notice spirals or an extra eye or a fucking deformed hand. The hands. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not quite there. But it also that has, shit, like, a dude. very distinct texture to it. Calling that shot now. Someone's making that movie in, like, like it's already probably in production. You just do a house party, and all of a sudden you start realizing people got too much teeth and too many fingers and shit, and you just make a hell of a night out of it like i guarantee you that's being made right now it's like exactly the movie we're going to talk about tonight like yeah it's just a concept yeah. everybody's been talking about a bunch and like it's it's so low profile and easy to do like you could just get like a bunch of hot people for a night and be like we shot this weird it's a house party but it's gonna get real weird turns into society by the end of it well, I, I think that's a Brian good transition Yuzda. point to talk about this AI and go into Skinema Rink. But before we do, the one last thing that I wanted to touch on is the AI audio, because this is what's maybe most disturbing. Because I've seen a couple of people throw this out on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I've seen one for Sean Hannity. I've seen one for Tucker Carlson and then the Red Scare Girls. And the AI to emulate somebody's voice is so remarkably good that it's going to wipe out a lot of voice actors, first of all, and Mm -hmm. a lot of, I don't know, I I, I think the need to get people for certain, like, animated positions, like, animation is already, that's where we started in talking about this, animation is already, like, a very low uh, tier at this point, because it all got tossed off to Korea to do these very cheap, quick, um, low-effort animations, and now it's all a lot of digital, you know, it's been reduced to hardly an art form at this point. And now you're going to have things like The Simpsons carrying on until season 100 where someone just talks into a fucking microphone and then they filter that through Dan Castellaneta's voice and suddenly you have Homer. That's exactly what they're going to do with that series. And all the actors are going to sign off on it because they're going to get massive paychecks for it. And that's going to be the future. That's going to be the future of at least animation. Um, And I've, I've, fiddled with it a little bit myself just to test it um, not emulating anybody famous's voice but just to see how good it can be now it does take a bit of work but um, you can you can easily disguise your own voice and do other things 
with that and have it supplement for other people. It's very spooky. Um, Hans, have you happened to see anything on, on Twitter regarding that? Wasn't there a Biden, a Biden? There was a Biden one talking to trans women. Yeah. Oh my God. That one I saw, that was like the most coherent Biden sounded and, Fucking been a couple <laughs> 15 Obama years. thing too, and there's one for a Burger King ad today. I don't know if you guys saw that one. That was hilarious. The burger you can fuck. No, I haven't seen this. <laughs> Someone oh, took a Burger King ad and the like random voice actor they've had in like the past like ten Burger King ads. The like deep voice black guy. They just like took his voice and made an AI that can generate it and just wrote a whole ad about fucking a Whopper and put it over a real Burger King ad. Hans, can you pull up? Not, don't do this one, because this one's going to... No, all right, first of all, we've had a hard time on YouTube as of late, because something happened, and all of my fucking YouTube money is down the drain because of whatever happened a month ago that puts us on the, the golden, like, uh-oh, we have to request a review before we allow you to monetize the video. Um, that whole AdSense issue. So don't do the Biden one where he's t addressing trans women. Let's okay. do find the red scare one talking about Pokemon. That one's much more PG. Okay. I found the Whopper okay, that one. That was a deep fake. I like heard a clip from that. It was like, what the fuck? That was a deep fake. Yes. All right. So we, I've not heard this one. Brand new burger. You can fuck. Yeah, dude. This had me dying earlier. I was like, AI. AI is all right. Uh, Hans, we got to get some audio on this. No Wait, audio. Did I not share some? Uh, hold on. Oh, God. Right, like here we go right again. Take two. Take three. Take three. <laughs> Hans is... All right, let's after. break for lunch. This burger is better than sex. The brand new burger you can fuck. This burger is better than sex. You can fuck... The brand new burger you can fuck. This burger is better than sex. You can fuck this burger. Only at Burger King you can stick your dick in this burger. Your balls will explode, guaranteed. You can come inside, outside, and all over the new Burger King burgers. This burger will make your skin soft and your asshole tight. Our estrogenizing burgers will give you tits the size of basketballs. And that's no cap. Have it your way at Burger King, where your stupid asshole gets fucked six ways from Sunday. <laughs> that's Delicious excellent. Burger King. What I want, what I want out of this deep fake audio technology is the original trailer voice guy. Bring him back. Why isn't someone doing that? I want to hear that guy. I want to hear any of those guys. Isn't They've all been dead Fiverr? for 40 years. No, they're definitely not on Fiverr. They're, they'll claim to be some guy I mean, who I got, did one I got a guy indie film like trailer. A knockoff for one of our books to do one. He wasn't bad. Uh, but There's a lot of name? good imitators, but nobody like is red, the guy. Red something is the big one. Pablo He's Francisco. Like a... No. No. I... No. <laughs> no, it's this bald black dude. I can't remember his last name right now. I think his first name was Red. But he was one of the he was one of the famous ones, and then the other one I think was Don something. I can't think of either of their last names right Trump. now. I don't know. Um, I think but... the one you're talking about is Don. The one I'm talking about is dead. He's been rotting, unfortunately. He's yeah, been long. Yeah, I'm pretty distance. sure. But I thought Red was alive still. There's a guy who did the 1980s like horror trailers, and then there was a guy who was especially popular in the 90s, whose voice is everywhere. He does like Julia Roberts movies and shit, and he's dead. I don't know what happened to the guy before that. I assume he died too. Um, all the good ones stopped doing it, and then by 2000, everyone in the industry was like. Do we need a narrator for the trailer? People can see what's happening here. And when they stopped doing that, that's when trailers became ultra-revealing, and they explained the entire movie to you in a very short period of time. You need that narrator to guide you or falsely guide you or you know, hint at things and just give you a snippet. Um, I think movie trailers with a narrator are far superior to movies without one. Just my thought. Uh, so we're talking about Skinamarink. There's no narrator at all to that movie. There's no dialogue at all to that movie. There's just a wall. You're looking at a wall for about an hour and a half. And then they go, ha ha, you paid for this. You paid how much? $70 to take your girlfriend to the movie theater to see a wall. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, this is a, this, you know what? This is an interesting movie. I think it's interesting that this movie has taken audiences by storm. Red Pepper and Don LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine is correct. 
Uh, Red Pepper. I've never heard of this man before. Can we? Yeah, visit... he's. Those are the. Those are the guys. I couldn't remember their last names. Of course, he sounds like a fucking food. Hans, you want to just quickly YouTube Red Pepper so we can get a, a taste of Red Pepper's voice? Yeah, I couldn't think of like anything, but I think uh, he did a trailer with like Amazon for like a Super Bowl ad or something not too long ago. That's great. That sounds full of integrity. But yeah, I mean, it's like these all these guys, like you said, they don't get used anymore, and trailers are fucking kind of whack now. But mm -hmm. uh, him and him and Don were the two big guys that I think were always sort of vying for the top. But Don is like the guy you were you were talking about. Okay, let's. In a world where cat videos and memes rule the feeds, one media company will rise above the noise. This is great big story. Okay, Red, that's that a Filipino. Great, thank you. Oh. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> you can stop speaking like that now, though. What do you mean? This is how I always speak. Okay, cut. I don't know. I think probably. No, this guy sounds better. like an imitator of the. The original that's guy. what i mean though is like red, red pepper was always on don's heels like don was always the better of the two decision one desire okay that's enough of that let's let's <laughs> please get into skin of a rank here Dude, i know francisco. francisco again the best paolo francisco video is the one where he's on coke and then he just falls off the stage because people don't think he's funny have you guys ever seen that no video? i have it's, not it's seen it's a great one yeah yeah, he was he was all fucked up, and then he he starts doing like these Schwarzenegger impression, and everyone's just like boo, and then he just goes to confront someone and falls off the stage. It's great. Anyway, skin a rink. Were either of you guys looking forward to this skin a rink movie prior to it coming out? Because I heard the title, and I thought I hate this. I already know that this is going for like, ooh, this is like an eerie 1950s. Shut up. Fucking stupid ass title. Uh, it's not mysterious. It's not eerie. It's not weird. Uh, and, and so that turned me off to it. And I wasn't going to see it. And then they announced, oh, it's actually going to drop on Shutter about a month after it comes out in theaters. And apparently this movie leaked a year ago. And the reason why it's so popular is because it's been clipped and added to TikTok, and of course it works in those little increments, and that might have something to do with why it is so well-liked, and there's such a big push for this movie. Um, we've seen people defending this movie, saying it's your duty to go see this movie and pay for it without having watched it themselves. I don't know who might have said that on Twitter. I have no idea, but I've seen it. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I didn't pay a dime for this film. But I good. think there's something interesting with the movie. I'll get into that in a little bit. So um, did either of you two gentlemen have any anticipation for Skinamarink prior to its release? Um, when I first saw it on our on uh, my, uh, what do you call it? The website that I used. YTS.MX. No longer yes. Uh, I remember seeing the name and then seeing some praise about it uh, on Twitter. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get it. Didn't watch it. And then after all the positive uh, praise from horror movie fans who, no offense, but all like the offense. Horror movie fans, I feel like the worst type of movie fans. Because as long as you put the label of horror, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is great. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, I, I think there's a movie in here. I'm, I'm sure that, that there's something. Uh, but after sitting for an hour and 40 minutes of just still shots of things and like dialogue that wasn't what's obviously not recorded continuously because the inflection that the little kids have sounds completely different from one line to the other. Uh, I, uh, I was I was very bored uh, and uh I, I didn't find anything creepy about it other than, I mean, I guess if you, I, I understand that the, the, the movie is about like a little boy having a bad dream. Right. So then it, it, it is supposed to feel like a dream, but it's the most boring dream I've ever had. <laughs> and I usually don't even remember my dreams. So I just, yeah, I it's very sleep it. paralysis. <laughs> very, you're just kind of yeah. stuck and nothing's actually happening. But there's a vibe. There's a bad, nasty vibe, and you want to get out of there. You know, I I think that there is something very interesting about this movie, and I would have a higher opinion of it if I didn't feel like I could have made this myself. 
you know, if there was some kind of like technical, I don't know, there, there needed to be more of a disguise, technical more hook. of a wall in place between where the movie's ideas begin and where the technical aspects of the movies are executed. Because as I've pointed out several times now on every single social media platform, one of the jump scares is the toilet disappears <laughs> and they did it in like the least technically skilled way possible, which is we're going to take the clone tool in Photoshop. Oh, fuck. We removed the toilet, but it's kind of messy. So we got to remove all the tile now on the floor, too. And we got to remove uh, the part of the wall that's lowest and connects to the, the floor here. And we also got to remove part of this shadow where we got to leave some of it behind. And it doesn't it looks messy. It looks like yeah. somebody it looks like me when I learned Photoshop in like 2016 or 2017, like also, fucking around for the first time. If I can butt in real quick, yeah. of all the shit to show in like a house that is like <laughs> some of the most easily removable shit for that shot, it would have taken like maybe two minutes to fucking wrench that fucking toilet out of the ground and just move it out of the room. Like to drain the water and everything, that is not fucking hard to do. Like uh, replacing a toilet altogether with a new one is easy. Like the fact that that was like a shot that didn't need to be clone stamped at all, and you could have just like loosened a couple bolts, physically removed the toilet, and <laughs> left the camera on a tripod the whole time, and it would have been perfect. Like I mean, you would have had a guy go in, and he would have had to cover the the fucking like wax plug. Like that's the one spot. And there would be very little cleanup, and you'd be like, whoa, where the fuck did the toilet go? And it'd be, like, seamless. But, like, that whole time, and the fucking thing being on a gigantic TV for me, you could see every little smear. Yeah. If the the looping grain and scratches You can see repeat patterns from where they pulled the clone tool right next to each other. And here's the thing, too. Here's another thing as well. And, Haas, I'll let you chime in because I can see Mm. you have something to say. Yeah. Um, Nancy. They used... (laughs) Artificial film grain, which I don't have a problem with. I've done that myself. But you can't loop the same 30-second fucking one because you will still see the same yeah, the same little <laughs> fucking flakes come up on the left side of the screen. Or you got to do something different. I'm going to start okay? beating up all you filmmakers using fake film grain. <laughs> I, I, I could tell there was like this curve, like crescent moon that kept popping up on the left over mm. and over yep. and over. And I was like, they just... They looped it. They didn't even like flip it upside down and do this and that. No, they didn't do anything. And they probably weren't using an 8K grain because there was a lot of like fractal um, pixelation from it being dark and degraded, which happens when you um, render down from a ProRes file to an H.264. It can't handle it, so it like minimizes the 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 uh, you know size of the file and it degrades everything. They fucked up on a bunch of different scales here visually um but go ahead Hans. yeah but that's also the problem with lingering shots right if you're going to be that messy with the clone tool at least have it last a couple of seconds so you're like oh yeah. like so it hits you but if you sit on it for 30 seconds or a on minute the toilet, then you can sit on the toilet for a half an hour like you well, would that's, do every morning it is yeah. terrifying to see a toilet disappear <laughs> but but i just like if if you're holding on to that shot at least do it well because if not then any fucking movie dorks like us are just gonna be like oh that's just messy you know it just mm-hmm. looks like a fucking smudge on the wall uh so if you're gonna do that at least you do like a second or two and then it's like oh did i actually see that let me let me rewind to see if i actually see that but instead what he does is like he just keeps that shot for a long time so they're just like oh i i can see exactly what he did and how messy it is and i feel like that's one of my biggest issues with this movie that it, it doesn't merit the an hour and 40 minutes that lasts and if if you were able to just cut a lot of those shots into maybe half of how long they are maybe it would be a little bit more impactful than just having you know an hour and 40 minutes of you watching very awkwardly frame shots of things that you might want to look at but you're not allowed to look at so then it's just <laughs> well it's children talking and oh there's a cartoon playing that you might recognize if you've seen this before you hear the sound but then it's just a, a quarter of a tv and uh it's just not very engaging and I, I understand that you know it's an experimental movie so you get 
I guess, what the filmmaker wants you to see. And he did make uh, apparently $2 million, uh this movie that cost fifteen thousand dollars not sure where the fifteen not sure where the fifteen thousand dollars went uh because there's nothing in this movie that looks like it would cost anything i guess that uh, but plug-in was expensive as fuck fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> no plug-in uh but yeah, that, that, my issue was that that uh, I don't have, and and maybe if you see it in a movie theater, it's a more uh, engaging movie to watch because you're just there and there's no escape. But I'm watching it at home, and I have my cell phone, I have my lap, laptop next to me where I'm trying to take notes, and I just get distracted because I've been looking at the ceiling and the corner of someone's shoes or some Legos that don't do anything. It just, I don't know, it kind of takes you out of the movie. And then when you try to go back, it's like, oh, I guess that little boy wants to do something. You're not going to see anything he does. He's just going to say, where's dad? And then we don't know. And uh, okay. <laughs> and then you see his, his little sister with her face all cloned out too, which I guess is supposed to be a jump scare, but it's not really because he's really badly cloned out. So it's just so kind we- of a... Yeah, miserable the weird experience. thing for me, it felt like it could have been a lot better if there was like a better editor on it. Hmm. Like yeah. there's a lot of parts like the jump scares I felt like could have actually had a hit to them. But there's so much like you're saying the, the short shots and stuff where the times where you should linger on it so we can sort of focus in and figure out what the fuck we're looking at uh, are too short. And then yeah. when they linger on stuff, it's like meaningless stuff. And you're like, all right, is there something going on here? Like there was a little while ago. Like the other thing too is like, I feel like at least what I've been focusing on trying to figure out making a movie on my own is if you're going to be all experimental and shit, you should at least make sure that like the, the, the focal point of what you're trying to show people uh, should be like a, in the same area like as you switch shots so if your focal points up in the top left and and shit keeps switching over to now it's in the bottom right corner now it's in the center and everything and it just you're getting like three second shots over and over again and the focal point is changing everywhere i was like i'm assuming it's supposed to be disorienting like that but it got to a point where it was like beating you over the head and that and all the film grain and everything it was like a, a, a fucking screwdriver in my ear like is losing it by the end uh, it's yeah. also how, how how interesting is someone's attic you know or someone's basement i guess it's just oh we flipped it around scary it's the horror, of, <laughs> you know? the horror yeah. of living with your parents again <laughs> yeah yeah well, is just... there anything that you feel they did correctly with this movie or that you can actually because it's very easy to tear a movie like this oh, apart yeah. You know, uh, especially given how stripped down it is, how bare bones it is. But I don't think that it's all worthless here. I think they had a good idea, but it was a tall order to do 90 minutes of what they did and expect the audience to be on board for it the entire step of the way. So this is based on a short film, which was based on some like uh, email prompt that was sent to the director. And the short film is called Heck. And I've watched the short film, and it manages to do everything the movie does and be better. Because it's only about 25 minutes long. There's not this cruddy film grain uh, layer that's on top of it that's being looped endlessly. There's more narrative to it somehow. Uh, And, you know... I just couldn't help but feel that to go completely without narrative in this 90-minute rendition of, of that was maybe a poor choice. I, I appreciate it shooting for what it was, you know, aiming for in terms of, like, building a vibe and building this sort of eerie mood film, mood piece. I think Nick Oldershaw said it best when uh, we were talking about it over DMs. He said that this movie feels like it could be played at MoMA, you know? And that's that was my vibe about it. It's like, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like a movie. This feels like a museum exhibit, you know? And I like how small the stakes are. I like how... I do enjoy that they managed to accomplish putting out that vibe, but I also feel like it's kind of wasted. 
And I think it would have been better to have a firm beginning, middle, and end with this movie. And so it's confusing why this has taken on such a, a parade of praise from everybody, it seems like. Because the horror communities yeah. are part of I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a big horror mark. Like I'm I'm the I'm the idiot Hans is describing. So like, I'll I'll watch any dog shit at least once, if not twice, or a fucking million times. Uh, when we did fucking what was it, Halloween Kills, a while back. That's uh, a great I, movie. What are you talking? Yeah, I don't and, agree with that at yeah, all. Yeah, and we ch well we championed that early on, and I watched that shit like ten times the week it dropped. And uh, like I will I will abuse myself with horror movies. Can I, like, can I ask you something, Spencer? Because I, I, we never did this episode. I don't know if we're going to do it. But, but did you yeah. enjoy Christmas, Bloody Christmas? Uh, everything except the dialogue. Okay. Uh, I think there's a like okay. we could talk about that all night. There's a lot of technical things, but it's things like you guys haven't done a bunch of like practical effects and stuff. So it's like, you don't really see like there are these like blink and you miss it moments, hmm. but I know what goes into all that. So like the fucking head smash into the, the cruiser at the beginning or in the middle right. and stuff like that. Uh, I thought it was like, I think it's great. It's just a stupid little joke of like the dude getting blue balls and getting his fucking head caved in. Like, I love that. There's little bits of it, but again, it's like, uh, I'm a huge fan of Joe Bigos, and his stuff just keeps seeming to, like, the, as the budget goes up, he seems to know less what to do with it for some reason. And I like his stuff more when he doesn't have a lot of money and he has to use, like, his brain to compensate for everything. Like, his lower budget stuff I enjoy more because you know he's not trying to be anything more than, than he is. And now that people Did are he... giving him more money and everything, it just gets, like, uh, more fragmented. Did he write it? Uh, yeah, I think he writes most of his stuff. Like him and his, it's kind of like you guys. Like they have a core group of friends and stuff. Okay. That was the whole thing. They were memeing early on on how it had like the most fucks ever in a movie. Like they beat out Casino or something. And that's like, that's fun and stuff amongst your friends. But as if that's the backbone of your marketing, it is just always going to be coming across as cringy. And I'm like in that yeah. weird, like uh... I'm in the middle where I'm like, I love this kind of dumb shit, but I also am like uh, too self-aware. <laughs> like <laughs> I suffer from that, but uh, Skin and Marink, the same thing. I really wanna wanted to like this movie. Like I wasn't super hyped for it or anything, but like Lorez was saying when it leaked and everything, I was like, man, that sucks for these guys. Because I'm trying to think of it like you know, you don't know who these filmmakers are. If it's their first movie and it's uh, a big hit, that's fucking awesome. No matter who it is, uh, that's great for any new filmmaker. It means they'll hopefully be able to make more in the future. Uh, but it was like, this got hyped up so much and I tried to avoid all of that. And then I watched it and all this movie really taught me is if you're going to be super experimental like that, you can't have like nothing. You either have to have like a narrative hook that doesn't pay off in the end or some sort of random payoff that never really got set up in the first place with a hook. And this movie kind of didn't have a hook or a payoff at the end. Uh, well, the payoff is that. You learn that the boy isn't hallucinating, or or there's not like it's not just confusion that there's Screams actually happen, an apparition. There's there's some sort of face that I kind of like that ending, to be honest with you. I like that they didn't overdo it, and there's just this sort of like weird what it, what it looked like is when you see the um, when people were doing animated AI portraits that could move and would constantly change underneath a couple of layers of grain. And yeah. you don't get a clear look at what that is or who that is or what's going on with it. Um, I kind of enjoyed that part of the movie. Everything else I thought was whatever. I, I feel like you could have done this as like a 20-minute short film, like heck, and uh, it would have worked. It, it, the problems wouldn't have been as this. noticeable. You want to... You're gonna reveal that, just a the big surprise, no, no, was, the so, big yeah, success style ending. All right, go ahead, play. Yeah, that's Let's where I think his image. brilliance is too. Is he, uh, from what I read, is he's been doing this on YouTube for a bit now, and he takes those like creepy pasta prompts from fans and just makes short films with them. So like the brilliance of it and why it is where it is is because of his like grassroots work. A lot of the similar stuff you guys do. So there's like like even in the shittiest movies, there's stuff you can learn from it, and he. It's like it's technical isn't the word for it, but like I enjoyed the movie and like uh, 
as like a concept and a production, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm like, I can appreciate all of the, the effort and things put into it, but it was just like overall, like you said, narratively a miss for me. And I was like struggling to get through it a lot of times, but I like, I think like 77 minutes, I think I told you in text was like a 77 minute drive-in movie. And I think this would have absolutely fucking crushed, but like, it's weird. It seems like it doesn't work at home. Uh, I probably should have gone and seen it in theaters, but no, I, I totally think that if you're sitting in the theater for 60 minutes and you're kind of just like, where is this going? It's almost like going through a haunted house yeah. at a carnival. You know, I think mean, maybe it works in that fashion. I think it, it, the more immersive it is, the more it's going to hook you. And so yeah. I get why people are responding to it the way that they are, especially given the nature of like the internet and the whole the back rooms and all that like goofy green text shit that's taken off. Um, but at home, it doesn't work. And at home, you know, these flaws are much more visible. You can linger on them longer. You can pause. You, it, it's it's not ideal for an at home viewing now i'm kind of curious to see where things go from here not even necessarily with this director but i only see net positives coming about as a result of skin marink being as popular as it is the main thing being that this is the first movie to get good word of mouth and obviously be a smash it at the box office hans you mentioned it made like two million dollars on a fifteen thousand dollar budget which is remarkable it's really remarkable that a fifteen thousand dollar movie got a theatrical release that's the bigger bigger story of the two in my opinion but um it's going to change i think the the taste buds of the modern horror audience and maybe just young audience in general because it's going to build a tolerance in them and maybe more of an appreciation for build up even though this is kind of like a, a ruined orgasm of a film it really just fucks shit at the end which just you know if you're if you're expecting like a big bloodbath or something or you want something really scary i mean you don't really get that you get a face and i kind of like that i kind of enjoy that but keeps twisting your nips and leaving the room <laughs> um, <laughs> i think overall there's going to be more positive impact from this film than anything else. And the negative, the negatives about it are kind of irrelevant in the long term because somebody might do the same concept better soon, and there's going to be a taste for it. There's certainly going to be a financial taste for it, knowing that you know you can like a hundred times your your investment on this type of movie. So uh, I'm looking forward to whatever stems from this, but. Uh, on this first go, go around, I think it's a little too rough. Yeah, I don't idea. like. I don't want to hate on it. Like, I I love all the swings the dudes taking and everything. And I'd much rather we get way more of this kind of shit than what we've been getting in horror for like the last five years. Uh, it's I, I'll take more and not even low budget, just like weird stuff, weird pacing. Like this was not a, a beginning, middle, and end. Like a you know, like I love a good dumb slasher movie and everything, but. Uh, I would still much rather be be seeing more big weird swings from people I've never heard of than uh, the like weird cookie cutter shit we're getting from Blumhouse now. Well, like the swing they're taking with making Scream be set in New York now, and he's got a shotgun. He's got a shotgun. He's robbing the liquor store. Yeah, it's it's bad that you could reinvent the slasher wheel right now, just going out in the woods and doing something that doesn't fucking comment on everything going on on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I, I, I think the intertwining of the prevalent narrative of like, oh, well, George Romero and John Carpenter were these social comment. They were the John Stewart's of their time. You know, this, this whole, uh, we have to align these two things and it can't just be one thing on its own. And actually the reason why the final girl is a final girl and not a final guy is a feminist message. It's, it's a female empowerment message. It's like, no, fuck you. No, people watch this because they want to see tits and some some blood. That's really all it comes yeah. down to. And when you got away from that, now you're producing shit. Now it fucking stinks. So I I, I don't know. I think um, the genre's got to fully bottom out where it makes money, and that's Blumhouse at the moment, and that seems to be their mo. Jason Blum, he said on several podcasts, he said on Indie Film Hustle, he loves the idea of social commentary. 
in his horror films and that it's a very important thing it's the snl effect of like hey we're kind of changing history by doing this hey my al gore impression resulted in him losing uh, maybe maybe if i play sarah palin extra stupid she's not gonna be as popular as she is it's that sort of effect of like wow our art really can cause change and as soon as you start thinking that it no longer causes change that's also the forward face of the company and the the actual ass end of it is they're completely doing the whole money ball thing that i joke about where they're just going back to like the it seems like the like 80s format of guys like sean cunningham and stuff like that where uh they're almost like selling the movie and making it profitable before the movie's even produced or come out like uh, a lot of people know now that Friday the 13th basically started as a fake movie poster and he put it in the Hollywood Reporter and uh, it got a bunch of eyes on it. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Great name for a movie, great poster. And then it became what it is today. But it started as a fucking movie poster for a movie that wasn't even written yet. Um, and that's like kind of what Blumhouse does now is they like get people hyped for like a cast list and a, a loose idea and then... Uh, I think there it's I don't know if it's product placement or what, but I know they do a lot of uh, work behind the scenes to to make their shit work like uh, that Hulu deal. I know financed a bunch of stuff for a while where they made a bunch of uh, like Hulu films that were just barely feature length, but uh, looked like they were made for like five grand each. Um and it seems like they just ran, took the money from the Hulu project and uh, spent it all on other movies. But uh, if th if that's what we have for horror for the future, we're we're fucking doomed. That's why I'm like, I'll take a, a million more Kyle Edward balls and skinnamarinks over uh, the Blumhouse factory of bullshit we're getting now. Yeah, I mean, like it, well, well, there's horror. three sectors, right? Because it touches on what you were just talking about, which is like those Hulu movies. And that does seem to be like the new bread and butter maybe of Hulu is, hey, we have your favorite horror icon, Pinhead. And, um, you know, they're doing all these sorts of very cheaply done, washed up uh, horror figures as uh, low budget movies, essentially. And then they put them out and they get 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, they really know how to grease the wheels of those movie critics in order to ensure that it's looked at as like a big important movie. You guys don't get the big Blumhouse box sets that they send out to all the reviewers with all the gifts and shit? No, I'm afraid we have not gotten that just yet. Uh, maybe if yeah. we, we start giving a little more favorable... I mean, hey, listen, we've waxed poetic about Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. How many times? Those are both You've Blumhouse boxes. Yeah, that should have been the one that got you, you paid, man. Was how hard we were sucking Kills dick when nobody else was like two years ago. You're completely correct about that. I have yet to see any uh, checks in the mail as a result of that. Yeah, what the fuck, Jason Blum? We're the only reason anybody came around. <laughs> People were so burnt out after kills. I think I'm looking still at kind the burnt out. I'm looking at the list of Hulu horror That's movies. That's why and you I'm got... going to hire you to make a slasher movie, and you're going to hate me for it. Will make you go against all your sensibilities. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I would not be opposed to doing a slasher film by any measure. I mean, Mass State Lottery is not a slasher film, but there are certainly those elements. It's like a neo Jalo. You think so? Uh, maybe. I don't know. A little bit. I like it's. It treads into that territory. It's not like complete. But it has a lot of trappings of it, and I think that's why I liked it so much and why I was so on board for the three-hour cut. I was like, who gives a fuck, man? Go full Italian. <laughs> no, like, we're not doing fuck. it. Maybe at some point there will be like a very – it wouldn't even be a director's cut because I really like the current like 100-minute cut that I've got um, that I'm finalizing at the moment. But there might be at some point some very extended cut or an alternate cut. or I don't know. We'll figure out what to do with that. At the moment, th what the idea has been is to do – like a series of um, where it's going to be like vignettes on different characters from that film, but we'll 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 see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I'm not, but again, I'm not opposed to doing a slasher movie. I'm not opposed to doing any horror movies. By can by I any smoke measure. on here? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Why can't you? Can you smoke in your home? Then yes, you can smoke <laughs> on the show. Yeah, the yeah, movie's very gen is very gender bending, just like it stars. Is it? Yeah, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get low res all lined up to do the sequel to They Them. They slash yeah. them, sorry. 
I would do that. I would just do that under a pseudonym. Yeah, cause... it's just fucking a slasher giving people gender reassignment surgery for ninety minutes. Didn't Kevin Bacon do that? He was in. He that. did yeah, do man. that. That actually, that one actually wasn't like completely fucking terrible. It's just like the the classic like Friday the Thirteenth paint by numbers. It again doesn't really do anything exciting or new, even with the kills. And that's why I'm like, if you're gonna do something rudimentary like that, you gotta do fucking cool practical effects. And at least like get a weekend together with the boys, have some beers, and try and come up with some fucking cool ideas for how to kill people. You know, interesting visuals again, like how movies used to be. Like you're saying with John Carpenter and Romero back when they were just trying to fucking entertain people. You know, I think it's very rich that um, Kevin Bacon throughout his entire career, excuse me for everybody who's a patron viewer, we're having a lighting issue here, um, it, for his entire career tried to hide the fact that he was in Friday the 13th. There was always like a smudge on his filmography. And then he goes and does They Them. And he's the face of that movie happens when you get made off yeah um so anyway maybe we'll do he them as the sequel <laughs> and then she them <laughs> to end the trilogy that's what Sims we'll do uh, i liked it better when it was called dress to kill personally that's not oh, even that's the same twist inch. it's that's actually just insult. a straight lesbian woman as as uh as the killer there she tries she tries to be straight is that John Lithgow dressing as a woman movie? Yeah, he plays a teenage girl in They Them. Nice with that hairline. Yeah, wonderful. It was so confusing. I was like, "Who is this hot, hot, sexy young thing?" And then it just turned out to be John Lithgow. I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> Give him the Oscar. odd sixty-year-old first time young that's girl. ever been said. <laughs> you know, I I got I got criticized recently for um, saying that Pedro Pascal will do anything for money. And I've definitely railed against him as an actor, but I have to say, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong, because I watched the first episode of The Last of Us, and he started talking. I was like, where's that Mexican accent he's known for? Why doesn't he sound oh. like Speedy Gonzalez? And he's, he sounds like Texas guy. I was like, is he putting on? And like, that sounds very legit, like white oh, he forgets Texan. It. He forgets and, uh, it in episode two, I oh, think. I was gonna Does say, he? Yeah. Wait yeah. till he yells a little bit. The, the, the <laughs> Latino comes out whenever he starts yelling. Same with the British coming out and the little girl. But the show's pretty good. Well, I'm still, uh, hold on, I'm still wrong here because he, here's the thing. So I, I watched that Nicolas Cage movie where he's basically Ricardo Montalban, you know, and he's, he's doing like this very exaggerated voice. And I thought that was his real voice. And then I was like, wait a minute, is it, what is his real voice? And so I watched a Jimmy Kimmel, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon interview with him. And it's somewhere in the middle. You know, he's got a little bit of the, the accent, very minor. And I was like, wow, okay. So I just thought he was like this immigrant the whole time. I didn't realize he's like a real actor. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong about him. So I don't know. I'm open to being wrong about Pedro Pascal. He's got that Pedro weird, like, tenseness to his voice, though. Like somebody's squeezing his balls under a table at all mm. times. Hmm. I just would love for him to sound like a stereotypical Latin American in Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's just very Colombian in Game of Thrones. Uh, but yeah, that show, uh, uh, it's it's all right. Uh, I think uh, his character is kind of boring in it. And I've seen, I don't want to say I've seen the three episodes because I fell asleep on the second one and I didn't see most of it. But uh, Well, you didn't get to Nick Offerman sucking a guy for off? third one, though. Oh yeah, I was. Couldn't take yeah. your eyes off the screen. We just That's edging the throughout one. the episode. Something just made sense for you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a twinkle in your eye. Yeah. yeah what no, is it, Ron Swanson? It's like I've never seen Ron Swanson like this. That was the the weird thing is like everything about the show that I'm interested in is nothing to do with the game. Like, uh, they've done a way better job of just rounding out characters that were unimportant to the game. So I'm like, oh man. I can't wait for more characters I've never heard of before, which is weird <laughs> in a licensed show you're watching. Yeah. You should be interested in seeing that story come to life. But it's like, I couldn't believe that people were like, wow, I can't believe they made Ron Swanson a gay guy. What happened? He was liber <laughs> this, this man was libertarian and loved meat. And it's like, 
Have you ever looked into Nick Offerman's real life? He's married to a sixty-year-old. He, he's married Karen from Will and Grace. He's yeah, a fucking gay man. Yeah, and they talk man. about fucking like in interviews all the time. They're like super open, weird, sex-positive couple. I was like, are you kidding? Like that. That means she's probably getting fucked by dudes, and he's getting fucked by dudes. That's what I think. He's a gay guy. He's clearly <laughs> gay. It's like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman worked in Broadway forever and married a fifty-five-year-old woman when he was like twenty. He's gay. Now we're never gonna get him on the show. <laughs> there goes Tony Reed Award Jackson winner right? the last for of they us. them too. The gayest wow. of Everybody us went for a sip and a podcast. smoke at the same time. Amazing. Everybody <laughs> synchronized. You down for that one, Hans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we only anyway, recap the third episode. Last of Us is still not my cup of tea. I liked the first 15 minutes when it was 2003, and once they cut ahead, I was like, ah, fuck this show. This is every other well, show. Well, my, my biggest issue with the third episode, it wasn't so much about all that stuff, but it was more about, like, it just felt like an episode five of uh, The Walking Dead season, where it's just, just like, it's, this is not really moving the story forward. We're just spending an hour with... Oh, you mean when they go to the retirement home and they're taking care of the old people and the thugs are like we care for our own yeah and then it's just like people it's just like cool this isn't didn't move the story forward at all we just spent an hour on these two characters that are dead now it's great yeah Mm -hmm. nah fuck it i hate zombies now i used to love zombie everything and i was tapped out in 2004 when they did dawn of the dead and Shaun of the dead and land of the dead all in consecutive order i was like this is too much and now it's fucking nonstop. now people just don't don't have taste anymore it's like yeah we need 24 seasons of the walking dead and 50 spinoffs and also the last of us and everything just no it's enough it's too much it's too much it's basically the superhero genre that's all it is no but you see it's different because it's not zombies it's just 2023 werewolves oh right it's fungi zombies yeah Yeah, it's fungi they run really quickly and they act like zombies but it's not zombies because it's Mm. different yeah, it's mushrooms. It's like burning man yeah. gone wrong. Yeah. It's uh it's different. So you're bad supposed to mushrooms. like it. Oh, you not excited about World War Z two? That's not happening. That's <laughs> they pulled the plug on that. David Fincher was like, Yeah, I guess I'll direct it, Brad Pitt. You're my friend. And then nothing happened. You know, so he got out of it. Then he went and did Mank, that horrible movie. Mank. Give me a break. All of David Fincher's movies look like yeah. Every, after about six years, they all start looking real rough. The seams start falling apart. They're all going to look like PlayStation games in 20 years. I can anyway. only hope for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for that. <laughs> all right. Well, I think I think we've covered Skin of Marink good enough. We also covered The Last of Us. That might be a clip or something to bait people into signing up for <laughs> patreon.com slash lowres, $5 tier. I'll tell you what, right after Christmas, always a miserable time. But first first day of February, beautiful time for patrons. They all get right back on. They're like, oh, fuck, my, my pocketbook is hurting. Oh, my wallet's empty. What am I doing? I have to cancel everything. And then they, you know, regain their balance, and they come right back. They go, Wait, well, I need a show. I'm depressed at work, working all this time. I need something to listen to. Where's movies, a podcast about the act of cinema? I listen to all these episodes. Yeah. They sign up. So... We got a nice little influx of patrons on the first day of February. Thank you for joining us. Um, And I encourage you all to go sign up in the $5 tier right now. And if you want to do that or the $10 tier, you're going to get exclusive podcast episodes where I'm spilling secrets about Mass State Lottery and other projects. So there is a new project in the works. Maybe I'll do a podcast about that very soon. $10 tier only. Um, All right. We're going to wrap up on that note. uh, Spencer, where do you want people to go? I know you've been doing... You've been like manically painting for the past week, just going crazy on streams, painting uh, left and right. Are you going to be doing Uh, one of those tonight? uh, No, tonight's the only night I'm not streaming, but uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Death Curse over there. Uh, I'm Rooster underscore Puncher over on Twitter. Um, The Death Curse YouTube is the best place. That's just a collective of all the, the people I make comics with and make art with we have our podcast coming back soon as well uh but none of that shit's really that important just sort of chilling i do all sorts of stuff and i do uh most importantly probably in this case uh 
practical special effects for your movies. So you can find me in fucking Mass State Lottery. Look forward to that more than yes, anything. Yes, yes, you're also the makeup artist of Ma Mass State uh, Lottery. Drinking toxic blood. That's not supposed to be fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I will toxic reveal something. Blood, I'm pretty sure the, the blood that you ingested was not the I, same brand of I've blood I've done as way worse things, guys. No worries. <laughs> like... I've taken mouthfuls of that blood before, and it's just like melted plastic in your mouth. It fucking, it's miserable. Yeah, you're spitting it out. I, I was... Your tongue absorbs it like a sponge, and you just constantly pit, yeah. pit the rest I of the night. pink teeth for like two days, but other than that, it was all good. Yeah. Liam got the worst deal. Liam had his allergic reaction to the fake blood and the latex and everything, and... Luckily, it doesn't show up in any of the shots we did afterward. The makeup hit it well enough. But there is yeah. one where I caught, like, scales growing on his neck. And I was like, ah, gross. Wearing Stan's neck for mm -hmm. two hours. I know. Stan, you fucking bastard. Stan was supposed to do our show uh, a couple of days ago. Stan bailed. How I looked at your Stan? fucking neck for, like, a week and sculpted that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. Well, that that's been movies for this week. Go follow Hans H word name on Twitter. I think you can use your real name now if you ever want to change that. You know, I I mm. I did the Twitter blue thing and I changed my name. I got rid of the little diamond for my name, and then they removed my blue check mark. So you know what? I'm going to cancel my Twitter blue now because now I don't feel as important. <laughs> I was going to say, how's that going for you? But... Uh, I got Twitter blue because <laughs> I deserve a check mark. And now I don't have a check mark, so what the fuck am I paying for? Nothing. I'm paying for nothing. That's been movies for yeah. this week. Thank you for listening.